This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good afternoon everyone. Thank you, Mrs. Goldman, for the opportunity this afternoon. This is uh, my first year at Tufshin Pei Gimel. And I would like to examine one of the most important episodes in Sefer Bereshis. It's an episode we're all familiar with. And Bezos Hashem, when uh, the share is over, I hope uh, we'll all have a new and deepened appreciation for something perhaps we just took for granted, we considered an episode, a story. I just want to say to everybody that we have to have a little bit of a regulation here, and that is during the first um, shear, if you have any questions or you want to add anything at the end, at the very end, second shear when we do Navi, then it's interactive. <laughs> whatever you want. But the first one, please don't save it until after. But you, could, you should laugh. If there are any, I'll give you a, a, a cue, okay? Not, not yet, not yet. No, not yet. Okay, so Avram Avinu was given two messages from the Rebbeinu Shalalam. Firstly, the Rebbeinu Shalalam tells Avram Avinu, your wife, Sarai, she has a new name. Her name is Sarah. Number two, she's going to have a kid. Presumably... There was enough communication between Avraham and, and Sarah that Avraham actually relayed this information to Sarah. Actually, the Ramban says that Avraham never told Sarah about her name or about the kid because he was too busy. But presumably, Avraham did relay this information to Sarah. And what was Avraham's reaction? Vayipoel Avraham alpanav Yitzchak. Avraham fell on his face and he laughed. Vayomer belibai, and he said in his heart, Halaven mea shana yivaled. Can I give birth? Can I have a child at a hundred years old? Vim Sarah habas tishim shana tele. Could Sarah give birth at ninety years old? So Avraham's reaction was he laughed. What was Sarah's reaction? Same thing. Parsha's Vayera. Avram's reaction is the end of this week's Parsha. Sarah's reaction is the beginning of next week's Parsha. Vatitzchak Sarah laughed. I'm already worn out. I'm already dried out. I'm already wrinkled. Plus, my husband's over the hill. I'm too old. He's too old. And what does Rebbein Hashem say? It seems like both Avraham and Sarah had identical reactions. They both laughed. Why'd she laugh? Why'd the lady laugh? Why'd she say, Why'd she say, I'm too old? I'm going to come back next year. So the question that's uh, obvious the question that all the Rishonim ask, Rashi asked the question, is why does God remonstrate with Sarah and Avraham gets off the hook? Why is HaKadosh Baruch Hu criticizing Sarah when Avraham had the exact same reaction? Right? You ever hear that question before? That's Rashi's question. So the first, today, in today's shir, I would like to share with you five 
approaches to answer this question. One will be textual. And I heard part of this year, many years ago, from a rabbi in England, originally from, I believe, Ireland, Rabbi Isaac Bernstein. And I would like to share with you today five approaches to answer this question. The first one is textual. The second one is halachic. The third is pedagogical. The fourth is Musr. The fifth is mystical. So here we go. We're going to start with the textual approach. Let's go to Targum Onkelos. Targum, of course, is a translation that was not invented by Onkelos. Onkelos, of course, was a ger. Onkelos received the tradition of this translation from Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Hoshua, dating back to Har Sinai. And because it comes from Sinai, it is considered the most important translation of the Torah, in a certain sense, even more than Rashi, because Onkelos is Misinai. So you say, how could a Ger, Ger wasn't at Sinai? Onkelos did not invent it, he received it from Rebbe Lezen and Rabbi Shua. Says Targum on this week's parasha, number three, Unifal Avraham alapohi, Avraham fell on his face, Vachadi! Onkelos translates the word Vatitz Vayitzchak as Vachadi. What does the word Vachadi mean? Gila rina ditsa vechedva. Chedva. Chedva is happiness. He was happy. So not that he didn't laugh incredulously. He rejoiced. How about, how does Targum translate Sarah's laughter? Well, the Targum next week's parsha. Vichaycha Sarah. Sarah laughed. So even though in Lashon HaKadosh we have the identical word, and we would, we would think they should be translated the same, Vayitzchak, as the same as Vatitzchak, says Targum, no, it means different things. Vayitzchak means Vachadi, he rejoiced, Besimcha, but by Sarah, Tzachaka, Vatitzchak, Vechaychas, he laughed. She laughed. And therefore Rashi quotes, look at number five, This one, Unklus translates a language of happiness, and Sarah, a language of laughter. So what do we see from here? It says Rashi, Avraham believed, and that's why he rejoiced. Sarah did not believe, and therefore she mocked. That's why God was mocked with Sarah and not Avraham. Avraham believed, therefore he laughed. Sarah disbelieved, therefore she mocked. So now the question is, who told Targum to translate the words differently? You know what this is reminiscent of? The Gemara says that when uh, Elisha came to the Isha Hashunamis, so the Isha Hashunamis recognized that Elisha was a holy man. So the Gemara asks, how did she know that he was holy? Says the Gemara, because the flies did not go in the vicinity of Elisha. So Reb Chaim Shalevet says, that's nice. That's how we know the Isha Hashunamis knew that he was holy. But how did the flies know that he was holy? So the same thing. I understand Targum translates these words differently, but who told Targum? How did Targum know that Vayitzchak by Avraham means Vachadi, and Vatitzchak by Sarah means Vachaychas? Well, obviously, because why did God criticize Sarah, not Avraham, but that's not enough of an indication. So the first thing we need to know is Rashi in Paragimel, Pasukhes of Bereshis. Rashi tells us the most important line in the entire Rashi, 
What is the modus operandi of Rashi? Va'ani loibasi ela lepshutai shel mikra. Very good. Rashi's job is to tell you simple pshat, not of pshutai shel tevois, not the simple pshat in the words, but the simple pshat in the context of the mikra, the verse, the pasuk. So let's let's look back at the pasuk for a minute. Vayipol Avram Alpanov. Who's Avraham talking to? The Ribanisham. The Ribanisham just told Avram the good news. You think Avraham would fall on his face in the presence of Hashem and laugh? So in the context of the Pasuk, it must mean Vachadi, he rejoiced. On the other hand, Sarah is sitting behind the door. Sarah is not talking to God. Sarah is over here in the conversation between the Rebbe and Avraham. So therefore we could translate, Sarah laughed incredulously. That's how the Targum knows, Vayitzchak is, he rejoiced, Vatitzchak is, she laughed. That is approach number one, what we call textual. Now we're going to give a halachic approach. Any prophets over here? Any... I didn't say you could laugh. Okay, I mean, some, you never know. Right, I was afraid you were going to say that. So, the Rambam tells us in his commentary on the Mishnah that what if HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells a prophet something bad will happen? Does it have to happen? No? God told the prophet it's going to happen. No, you're right. It doesn't have to happen. Maybe the person will do tshuva. God told uh, Yoyna, tell Ninveh, in 40 days, Ninveh will be overturned. And it wasn't overturned. If God tells a prophet something bad is going to happen, it doesn't have to happen. Because maybe they'll do tshuva. What if God says something good will happen? What if Hashem Abbasko comes out and says, you're going to come home tonight, the house is going to be spotless. Someone will have cooked supper. And not only that, and the supper will, everything will disappear after supper. Someone's going to clean up. Let's say you get, Hashem Abbasko comes out with really good news. Does it have to happen? Yes. Says the Rambam, no, it doesn't have to happen. Why? Because maybe a person will do an Avera and he won't be deserving or she won't be deserving of the good news. However, says the Rambam, if a Navi reports in the name of God something good will happen, it has to happen. Why? Because otherwise we have no way to determine whether someone's a Navi MS or a Navi Shaka. We have to have a certain barometer where we could check to determine if someone's a Navi MS. How do we check? If somebody comes and says good prophecy, if it doesn't come true, we kill them, they must be a Navi Shekhar. So there's a difference between if God says something good will happen, or if a Navi repeats something good will happen. Ah, says the Meshachachma, now I understand. When Pinchas killed Zimri, so Hashem rewarded Pinchas that Kahuna Gedoyla would come out from him. Did God tell Pinchas Kahuna would come out of him? No. God told Moshe, Lachain Emar, go tell Pinchas. Why did Hashem go to Moshe to tell Pinchas? Pinchas is Nabi. Tell Pinchas you're going to have Kahanam Gedailam. 
The answer is, says Meshachach, if God would have told Pinchas, it didn't have to happen. Because if Hashem tells a Navi something good will happen, it doesn't have to happen. But if God tells Moshe, tell Pinchas, once Moshe tells Pinchas, you could take it to the bank, it has to happen. So says Meshachach, when Avraham heard the news, he laughed. When Sarah heard the news, she laughed. What's the difference? Because Avraham heard it from God. Just because God tells you you're going to have a kid, it doesn't mean you have to have a kid. Maybe Avraham thought, maybe I'll do an Aver and I won't be deserving of it. And therefore Avraham laughed out of his own feeling of unworthiness. Maybe he would do something and he wouldn't warrant the fulfillment of this prophecy. But once Avraham told, once Hashem told Avraham, and Avraham told Sarah, Sarah's not allowed to laugh. Because Sarah heard it from the prophet of God. Once Avraham tells Sarah, then it has to happen. Says the Meshachachma, that's the difference between Avraham and Sarah. Avraham, it's, so, it's sort of counterintuitive. Avraham heard it from God, so it doesn't have to happen. Sarah heard it from the prophet, so it has to happen. That's why Avraham was not criticized. Because Avraham heard it from the Rebbe so it doesn't have to be. Maybe he won't deserve it. But Sarah heard it from the Navi of Hashem, so it has to come true. By the way, the Meshachachma says that when Sarah was an Akara, so who davened? Vayetar Yitzchak Lashem. Who remembers the next word? Now you're allowed to talk for one minute, okay? Vayetar Yitzchak Lashem. By the way, you know, it's a new fad that people say nishmas. Yeah, where does it come from? Lenoichach. Loimar nishmas kol chai. That's the source. Rav Chaim Palaji. Vayetar Yitzchak Lashem Lenoichach. So we see from here, Loimar nishmas kol chai. So Rashi says, Yitzchak Davin Tahashem, opposite his wife. But the Rashbam learns that Yitzchak davened Hashem for his wife. On account of his wife. Now why would he daven for his wife? He has to daven for himself also. Says the Rashvam. No, he doesn't have to daven for himself. Hashem already told Avraham and Avraham told Sarah that Yitzchak will be your continuity. So Yitzchak heard from the prophet that children will come from him. So he didn't have to worry that he wouldn't have children. He already heard it from the Navi. So it has to happen. But God never said it would come through Rivka. Maybe Yitzchak would have to marry someone else. So Yitzchak daven for her, but he didn't have to daven for him. Because for him, he was already vouchsafed. But she never received... You have a question, right? But we're not allowed to talk anymore. Okay? <laughs> yeah, you got you got the difference? Yeah. Sarah was told through the prophet Abraham, Kibi Yitzchaki Karil Khazara, that through Yitzchak there will be descendants. So he was already vouchsafed that children would come through him. But he did not know, and she didn't know, that children would come through her. So he had a daven for her, but he, uh, he did not have to daven for himself. So that's approach number two. Avraham heard it from God. It might not happen. Sarah heard it from the prophet of Hashem. It has to come true. Next approach. Pedagogical. 
So you have this lady, and she has a daughter. Her daughter is married, and the daughter is perfect. The daughter knows how to raise her children. The daughter knows how to maintain a household. The daughter does everything right. But the (laughs) daughter-in-law... They're laughing without permission. But the daughter-in-law... No, 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 no. She doesn't know what she's doing really. And it's not her fault, it's her parents' fault. They didn't know how to raise her. So what do you expect from her? She doesn't know how to run a household. She doesn't know how to be a wife. But chas v'sham, for the mother-in-law to give Moser to the daughter-in-law, can't do that. You know what Rav Miller says. The only thing a parent-in-law can give the child-in-law is money and kavod. Okay? So, so what's this mother-in-law going to do? Her daughter gets everything right. The daughter-in-law is, you know, is tzaflegen. But she wants to give Moser to the daughter-in-law. So there's a Yiddish expression. Thank you. I'm an American boy. What do you want from me? You know? You talk to your daughter, but you mean your daughter-in-law. Meaning when you want to give someone Musr, you find someone who you could tell it to in earshot of the person who really needs to hear it, but you can't tell it to directly. Says the Chizkuni. The Chizkuni is one of the great Rishonim. He calls his explanation from 20 different sources, but he doesn't quote. He lived in Provence. He was born in 1250. The Chizkuni asks, Why did God criticize Sarah and not Avraham? Says the Chizkuni, God was criticizing Avraham. How? Why did Sarah laugh and say that I'm too old to have a kid? Now, Avraham is hearing that God is saying, why did Sarah laugh? And he's thinking to himself, you know, the truth is, I'm guilty of the same thing. I better take to heart. I better, uh, you know, up my ante. I better improve my emuna because Yibam Hashem is criticizing Sarah, but it really applies to me. This way Hashem could criticize Avraham without Avraham getting defensive. So again, the question was, why did God criticize Sarah, not Avraham? He was criticizing Avraham. He's speaking to the daughter but he means a daughter-in-law. He's speaking to Avraham, but the way he does it is he refers to Sarah. By the way, Rameer Chadash would say this is one of the most important rules in Chinuch. If you know your kid did something wrong, fine. It's not necessary that they, know, that they think that you know they did something wrong. It's enough that you know. They don't have to know that you know. It's better that the kid doesn't know that you know. Why? Because if the kid knows that you know they did something wrong, so in their mind, their reputation in your eyes is already ruined, they don't really have motivation to improve themselves. But so long as in their mind, they don't think you know, so they'll say, you know what, maybe next time I shouldn't do it, so daddy and mommy won't have that impression on me. So Rameer Chadash used to go out, there were boys who would um, hitch rides, and he would go out, and he would see which boy it is, and then he would go back to the yeshiva, and he would never say anything to the boy, he would slip it in a schmooze, but he said, the moment they know that you know, is the moment you lost them. So the Rebbe never wanted to say to Avraham, Avraham, why do you do this? 
Because even a tzaddik like Avraham would have the opportunity to improve himself and not think that in the eyes of Hashem, even though you would think Avraham knows that Hashem knows everything, but even someone as great as Avraham, the Rebbe Hashem wanted to give him the opportunity not to think his reputation was sullied in the eyes of Hashem. Here's what Rav Miller said. Okay, this I never said ever, ever before anywhere. Rav Miller said that Avraham laughed in great simcha that he was going to have a child. Sarah laughed in great simcha that she was going to have a child. There was not even an iota of disbelief. These people were prophets. Nobody believed in HaKadosh Baruch like Avraham and Sarah. But there was still a difference in the laugh between Avraham and Sarah as follows. When Avraham laughed, he was so besimcha that when he heard he was going to have a child, it was like a reality. It was like he was holding the baby in his hands. He so believed in the word of Hashem that it was as if it already happened and he was at the bris enjoying the simcha. And when Sarah laughed, she laughed in anticipation of a future happy occasion. And Hashem came to Sarah and, he, and Hashem said to Sarah, Sarah, you have a way to go in your emunah. Why are you only laughing because you expect the good news to happen? You should laugh like Avraham Avinu as if it already happened. Like we say, Va'ani tachti, secha. I already rejoice as if the Yeshua happened already. That was the criticism on Sarah. Sarah did not disbelieve. Sarah believed, but not to the level of Avraham who already felt it's as if the simcha occurred already. And now, I'm going to share with you the fifth approach. This is out of this world. This approach is a mystical approach. And this is not an approach of a big Rosh Hashiva. This is not even the approach of a great rabbi. This is not even the approach of a man. This is the pshat of a Rebetzin. And this is the best approach of this again. This is the approach of none other than Rebetzin Aryeh Levine, the mother-in-law of Rebel Yashiv, grandmother of Rebetzin Knievsky. Now, I don't usually say over Torah from Rebetzins. Actually, this, this, is, this is the one piece I have. But I think this is something really outstanding, astounding, and something very novel in this subject. And in order to appreciate it, we have to go to a story in Sefer Malachim. So there was a woman who... Elisha used to go to and for many years she lived in Shunem, Isha HaShunamis and she awaited children for many many years and actually she finally had a child does anybody know who this child ultimately became? Yona wow, so you don't need me (laughs) that's why she said nobody's allowed to talk right? But maybe you don't know this part. This child was Yonah. And one day, this little boy was out with his father in the field. And the boy says, Roishi, Roishi, my head, my head! And the boy fainted. And the boy died. And 
the father, when he saw that the kid wasn't feeling well, he said, bring it to the mother. And the mother takes the kid, and the kid dies in the mother's lap. And the father didn't know that the kid died. And all of a sudden, the next thing, the the mother and the child were going off on the donkey. And the father says, is everything okay? And what did the woman say? Shalom. Gewaldik, wonderful. Everything is Everything's wonderful. And then she's headed to her, to the Navi, to Elisha, Shunem. And she, Elisha sends Gechazi. And Gechazi runs out to her. And Gechazi says, Every, I called the Seder, is everything alright? And she says, Shalom, everything's great. I understand what's wrong with this lady. The reason she's going to the Navi is because her kid is dead and she needs the Navi to perform a miracle. So why is she telling the husband, the kid is, everything's great, Shalom. Why is she telling Gechazi, Shalom? She should say, I have problems. The kid died. What are we going to do? Why would she say Shalom to her husband? Why would she say Shalom to Gechazi? This is the question of Rebetzin Aryeh Levi. And in the book, A Tzaddik in Our Time, right? You read that book. We have the Torah Shabachsav of Rebetzin Levine, and I'm going to fill in the Torah Shabbatah. He says, There is something the good rabbi once told over in the name of his beloved wife. There is a well-known, number 12 on your sheet, there is a well-known account in the Bible of the child born miraculously to the woman of Shunem in her older years by the great spiritual influence of Elisha the prophet. When the little boy died, she set out to fetch the prophet swiftly. And he revived the child. Before he left, however, her husband asked her, Why are you going to Elisha? It's not Rosh Chodesh. It's not Shabbos. She said, Shalom. It's all okay. Why didn't she say the truth? And the answer is, The moment she says the kid is dead, then he's dead. And there's nothing you could do to bring him back. Once, the, once it is articulated, once it is vocalized, once it is stated, it cannot be changed. So if she says the kid is dead, then he's dead. You know, there's a halacha. If somebody is a chayla, you don't put them on the list for three days. Because once they're on the list, then that's the reality. Obviously, you have to use your common sense. Sometimes the person needs tefillahs. But... We don't like to articulate the situation because once it's articulated, it can change. Why can't it change? Part of the reason is once it's articulated, then the person gives up hope. And when you give up hope, then it's hopeless. Does anybody remember when Abraham went to war against the four kings? How many people did he take with him? The Pasuk says he took with him Shalash, Meis, Shmaina, Be'asar. 318. Says Rashi, no, nah, not 318. Eliezer. Eliezer's Gematria 318. So just say he took Eliezer. What are we saying it backwards? 318 and, and 318 is Gematria Eliezer. Says Rabbi took with him one person. But think about it. Avram Avinu is up against the most powerful army in the world. The four kings. They just defeated the five kings. This is the classic situation of the impossible. A regular Basar Vadam, if they were faced with such a situation, 
they would throw in the towel, they would do something which would make the situation irrevocable, they would fall into despondency. In Hebrew, we call it Yosh, Yud, Aleph, Vav, Shin. 317. But Avinu would never fall into Yosh. He takes 318. He's going to one up Yosh. He takes Eliezer. What's Eliezer? He felt Hashem was on his side. If Hashem's on your side, there's never Yosh. There's never hopelessness. There's never despondency. So the Isha Hashunamis could not articulate that the boy is dead. Because if she says the boy is dead, Elisha will never bring him back to life. So she says, Shalom! And as long as you think and you say Shalom, it could be Shalom. That's the Tarsha B'chzav. The Tarsha Peh is what does this have to do with Abraham and Sarah? Says the Rebetzin of Rabbi Arya Levine. Vayipoel Avraham Alpanov Vayitzchak He laughed. He could laugh. Avraham didn't think it was really possible. Vayoymer But he said it. It's okay he said it. Belibai. He said in his heart. He thought it. He thought he would never have a kid. Okay. Thought you'd never have a kid. As long as you don't vocalize it, as long as you don't articulate it, it could still happen. Vatitzchak Sarah Bekirba. Lamar. She said it. Ah, she said it. It will now, Taka, be impossible for her to have a kid. So the Almighty comes to Avram. He says, Lamaze Sarah. Lamer! Why the lady say it? She shouldn't, she shouldn't have said it. By the way, why, why if you say it, does it make it so much more difficult? So he said, because then the person falls into hopelessness. But it's more than that. When God makes a decree from on high, in the Olam Yisrael Yainim, that decree has to trickle down through the, all the various worlds, the Olam Silos under the Kisei HaKavayi the Olam Habriya, the Olam HaYitzira, and down here in this world, the Olam HaAsiya. By the time it gets down here, there are a lot of things that it could interfere with the decree in HaShamayim. So if you say, I, no, it can't happen, then it like, the decree never materializes. What do we do, Lel Rosh Hashanah? We take an apple, we dip it in honey, and we don't make a bracha loud and clear. Right? You know, because you're not supposed to make the bracha on the apple, you make the bracha on the shivas haminim. I know the song. I also went to kindergarten, make a bracha loud and clear. Don't follow that. That's against the halacha. You have to make the bracha on the remine, or the te'ena, or the tamar. I don't care what they told you in Priyone. It's you make the bracha on the shivas haminim. So I don't understand. I'm eating an apple. I'm saying, Hirotzen mufanecha, shemalekenu mukeyavaysenu. Almighty, I'm going to have a sweet year. Why am I going to have a sweet year? Because I ate an apple. You think I'm going to have a good year because I ate an apple? If I don't eat an apple, I'm not going to have a good year. If Hashem wants me to have a good year, I'll have a good year without the apple. And if I'm not supposed to have a good year, the apple's not going to do anything. What's the apple doing? The Chayodam writes this principle. God decreed that we should have a good year 
But in order for that decree to be concretized, in order to bring it down from the upper worlds to materialize in this world of Misa, when you do an act, it brings it to reality. That's the whole concept of Sefer Bereshis. Mase Avois Simen Labanim. When Avram Avinu goes down to Mitzrayim, that materializes, concretizes that the Jewish people ultimately go down to Mitzrayim. Hashem tells Yirmiya, Bavel will sink. Now take a rock and throw it into the water and say, so shall Bavel sink. Says Ramban, if he doesn't take the rock, just because God decrees that Bavel should sink, it won't necessarily materialize. But when Yirmiya takes a rock and it sinks in the water, that brings to fruition the sinking of Bavel. And therefore, Hashem tells Abraham, I know you laughed, Abraham, but you didn't say anything. You just thought it. So you, didn't, you thought it. You didn't mess up my decree. But she said, I can't have a kid. She, why'd she do that? Now she can't have a kid. So you say, Gladstein, but she had a kid. <laughs> so the Rebbe Shalom says, Hashem Is anything beyond me? Now I have to decree a second time she had a kid. But she ruined the first decree. She, bothered, she was matriach me. She ruined, she was oiker the gzera. She nullified the first gzera. Why? Because she said, I'm not going to have a kid. So that's the fifth approach. The difference between Avraham and Sarah is Avraham thought it, Sarah said it. Never express something that you still hope could change. You could think it, but don't say it. This was the approach of Rebetzin Arye Levine. But now let's come full circle. Ultimately, Many years later, a year later, they have a kid. And many years later, Hashem comes to Abraham again. And Abraham takes the kid, and he brings him up to the Akedah, and he puts the knife on his neck, and Sarah gets a report, Do you hear? Did you hear what your husband did? That he shechted, and Sarah didn't hear the end of the story, Think about it. Sarah suffered the worst fate of anyone in the whole Tanakh. She died thinking her husband killed her son. And he didn't. He didn't. God told him, don't do it. Could you think of a more bitter pill to swallow? Could you think of a more bitter pill to swallow than to die thinking your son was murdered by your husband and to bat it never happened? Why did Sarah suffer so much? What did she do? What did Sarah do that she had to swallow such a bitter pill? There is a prophetic comment of the Chassam Soifer in the beginning of Parshas Chai Sarah, the last Maramakam on your sheet. Chassam Soifer quotes a Rishain. This Rishain is called Paneach Raza, who is the master of many of the secret codes of the Torah. 
And the Paneach Raza says something out of this world. Paneach Raza says the ways of God are quid pro quo, mida keneged mida. Sarah died mida keneged mida. Because when she heard the word of the prophet, the true word of the Navi of Hashem, that she was going to have a kid, she laughed and she didn't believe. She was Enoi Mamin. So because she didn't believe the true report, she was punished Mida Kenegan Mida. She had to swallow the bitter pill of believing a false report about her son. That's what Paneach Raza writes. Now, I saw from the base Israel, I never said this either, that it says, Vatama Sarah Be, you could talk now? Vatama Sarah Be Kiryas Arba. When she said four words, Sarah died because she said four words. What are they? Vatitzchak Sarah Be Kirbalemar. Those are the four words. Vatamasara bekeriyas arba. Sarah died because of four. What are the four? Vatitzchak Sarah bekerbalemar. So th- this comment itself is really mind-boggling, because Sarah did not believe the true report of the navi. She was forced to swallow the bitter pill. She had to believe a false report about her son. Now comes the chasam soifer. I want you to see these words inside. Look at number fourteen. Vidavar Gadol Diber Hanavi. The prophet speaks great words. What's Chassam Seifer talking about? What prophet speaks great words? He's quoting Paneach Raza. Paneach Raza was a Rishon. He wasn't a prophet. How are these prophetic words? What does Chassam Seifer mean that the prophet speaks great words? And the students of the Chassam Seifer explain like this, the Chassam Seifer... Flourished in the times where the reform movement was starting. And the Chassam Soifer is noting a very frightening observation where you could have deviant movements in the Jewish people. That's religion. That's a Shabbos. That's a Shabbos. Global warming is a religion. That's your connection to God. Saving the planet. That's Judaism? How can somebody be so foolish as to think that this is God's plan for humanity? How could someone not accept authentic Torah Judaism and have such a a movement which is so empty and so shallow? Why do they believe in that? And the answer is, says Achsam Soifer, from here we learn a very frightening and powerful phenomenon. That the verdict of life is that when you don't believe the MS, the repercussion is you have to swallow the most bitter pill of all. And you're going to swallow and believe every foolishness and every sheker in the world. And that is the phenomenon that we see with our own eyes today in our society. The belief system, the values, the morals that society does not have the notion of identity, and I'll leave it at that, that people believe in. The perspective on life that people have emuna in. How can they believe in such a thing? 
in such emptiness, in such shallowness? And the answer is because when you don't believe the truth, you are fed the bitter pill that you believe every falsehood in the world. And that's what we learn from Sarah. The great Sadekas. In a sense, she was greater than Avraham. And she had more Amuna in a certain sense. Chazal say that Avram was tafel to Sarah. But in one little detail, it was too difficult for her, on her great level, to accept that she was going to have a child. And therefore, Mida Kenegad Mida, her fate was, she believed something that was outright Shekhar. And it's a phenomenon that is blatant today, and through the story of the Akedah, I think this is very much highlighted. So here we have five approaches to why HaKadosh Baruch Hu criticizes Avraham and not Sarah. Number one, textual. Avraham laughed in happiness. Sarah laughed in disbelief. Number two, halachic. Avraham heard it from God. It doesn't have to happen. Sarah heard it from the Navi. It has to happen. Number three, pedagogical. God was reprimanding Sarah. But Hashem told the daughter, but He meant the daughter-in-law. Number four, Rav Miller, Avraham laughed as if it already happened, Be'emunah Shalema. Sarah laughed because only she believed it would happen, but she didn't have the higher level of Emunah. And the Rebetzin of Rabbi Arya Levine says, Avraham thought it, Sarah said it. In any event, her fate was, she believed in the story of the Akedah, and that is a very powerful lesson for us in our times. Vatamas Sarah Bekeryas Arba. The Arba is Vatitzchak Sarah Bekerba Lemar. And this is just a mashal to every episode in Bereshis. Once, the most important attitude we have to have when it comes to learning Chumash is we haven't even begun to start, to begin, to even come, to make a scratch and a dent on the lowest level of understanding of any detail, have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. Sorry. You, want, you have a question? Yeah. What? You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.